0: Shalom, and welcome to Parashah Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's Parashah is Vayigash. It is, uh, at the beginning, a continuation of what happened at the end of last week's Parashah uh, in a way that uh, you might describe as a, as a cliffhanger, uh, because at the end of last week's Parashah, you, uh, Binyamin uh, was found with the uh, cup, the goblet that belongs to Yosef. Of course, it had been planted there. Uh, but uh, according to the evidence, Binyamin should remain behind uh, as a slave, and that would mean that the brothers would have to return home uh, without him, uh, which would destroy Yaakov. Yosef uh, said that all that is necessary is uh, for him to stay behind. And the rest of you, as he said, uh, return home to your father in peace. Well, that's uh, the height of irony. The, if they would return home without Benjamin, there would be no peace for, for Yaakov. And that's the way the parasha ended. Uh, we now begin uh with... Yehuda stepping forward. The the parasha, I think we can divide into eight parts. In the first part, uh, Yehuda argues for Binyamin's release. And it's interesting how eloquently uh, he presents uh, his argument. And it's also interesting uh, to see not only what he uh, says, but also what he doesn't say. Uh, He asks at first, allow me to speak. He says, you are like Parol, meaning you're as powerful as Parol, although it may have other means and meaning, meanings as well. And then he begins with a recapitulation of uh, events that the last time we were here, uh, you said that if we, uh, you asked about our family and we said that we have another brother, and you said that if we are to come back, we should bring him with us. Um, it's at uh, this point that Yehuda uh, tells Uh, Yosef realize of course that he doesn't know that it's Yosef at this point but he tells him something that um, Yosef probably couldn't have guessed on his own namely that he Yehuda, had taken personal responsibility for Binyamin uh, that if he doesn't bring Binyamin back safe and sound that uh, that his father should consider him a a sinner Uh, the rabbi's uh, teach us that uh, Yehuda is uh, saying that he uh, relinquish, relinquishes his, uh, his portion both in this world and in the next world. And Yehuda says very clearly, I will remain a slave in Binyamin's uh, place because I cannot possibly go back to my father without Binyamin safe and uh, sound. The second part of the parasha. Is uh, Yosef's response, and Yosef, as it says, can no longer contain himself. He's no longer able to hide his uh, his feelings, uh, and uh, it may also mean that he had planned uh, more to happen, but he can't uh, take it anymore, and and he reveals his identity. But first, he tells everyone to go out, and we assume that he shifts from speaking Egyptian to speaking Hebrew. He says, I am your safe. Is my father still alive? I am your brother. And he goes on to say to his stunned brothers uh, that Hashem has sent me. Don't be sad. Uh, Hashem has actually brought me here so that I can provide for the family in advance of the famine and Uh, that's why I'm here, to save the family. Then he goes on to say, bring father and the rest of the family down to Egypt, tell father about me. Uh, He's decided where they will live. They will live in a place called Goshen, which is perfectly suited to them. Uh, It's grazing land, but it's also some distance away from the rest of the Egyptians. uh, And that means that they can have a certain amount of isolation. uh, Yosef says, I will support you. And the brothers uh, cry, and they kiss, and they embrace, and they speak to each other. Uh, so now the truth is uh, is out. Uh, the third part of the parasha is uh, Paro's command. Paro, uh, hearing that uh, Yosef's uh, family is uh, is here, and uh, that his father is still back in. Uh, Canaan, Paro gives the order, bring your family to live in Egypt, uh, send wagons to transport the entire family. He says, don't worry about your possessions, uh, bring everything uh, that you want here, your entire family. And uh, that is uh, that is Paro's uh, order. Uh, and then come to the fourth part of the parasha, in which Yosef sends his brothers down to Canaan. He gives them provisions for the road. He gives them food uh, for, uh, for the time that they're going to be uh, back in Canaan and uh, getting themselves organized. He sends gifts uh, for the brothers, special additional gifts for Benjamin, and, and of course also for Yaakov. And he reassures them that they will be safe and they will be provided for and looked after. And he gives them final instructions uh, to uh, to proceed uh, and uh, not waste any time, go down, bring father back. The fifth part of the parasha is as the brothers actually return to Yaakov, and they tell their father Yaakov that Yosef is alive, and not only is he alive, he is a ruler in the land of Egypt. Of course, at first, Yaakov can't believe this, uh, but he sees the wagons, and um, he... Comes to the realization that this is true, and Yaakov uh, makes the declaration: "It is true that my son Yosef is still alive. Let's uh, go down to Egypt uh, while I am still alive to uh, to be with him. And in this way, of course, the family will be uh, saved in the time of the uh, of the famine. And so, the sixth part of the parasha is." Uh, how Yaakov and his family descend to Egypt. Uh, They take everything, all of the family, uh, and uh, they stop along the way in 'er Beersheba. In 'er Beersheba, Yaakov offers sacrifices to Hashem, and Hashem speaks to Yaakov. This would seem to be the last recorded prophecy uh, of Yaakov that Yaakov receives. Uh, in Bereshiva, and Hashem reassures him, "Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. I will be with you." And so Yaakov and his entire extended family uh, journey to Egypt, and it's uh, at this point that we're given a, a full uh, account of the uh, of the members of Yaakov's extended family, which the Torah says it amounts to 70, uh, 70 souls. And the breakdown is uh, the children and descendants of Leah, which is a total of 33, uh, the children of Zilpah, 16, the children of Rachel, 14, the children of Bilhah, 7. Uh, if you uh, count all of those up, uh, you realize that we are counting uh, somebody who isn't listed, and uh, probably the easiest way to uh, reconcile that is, uh, is to include your Yocheved, was Moshe's mother. Yocheved is not listed here, but it's clear that she uh, did uh, was among those people who came to Egypt. The uh, Chazal say that Yocheved was born as they were entering uh, Egypt. Uh, and so that makes a total of 70. Uh, along the way, Yaakov sends Yehuda ahead to make uh, advance uh, preparations for the uh, family. And uh, finally, at long last, Yaakov and Yosef meet. First, Yosef uh, himself harnesses his chariot, and uh, there is a moment of crying and embracing, uh, and uh, this, is, uh, this is a long-awaited uh, meeting that Yaakov wasn't sure would ever happen. Yosef gives instructions to his brothers Tell Paro that you are shepherds, and that's important. Not only because it's true, but to emphasize that uh, over anything, uh, any of their other capabilities. Because as they are shepherds, they will not be living where the Egyptians are, and that's important for y- Yosef uh, to give his brothers uh, a degree of uh, insulation from the idolatry and immorality of uh, of Egypt. So tell them you are shepherds. You will live in Goshen. Uh, That is the place I've selected for you. Then um, Yosef presents his family before Paro. He selects five of his brothers and presents them before uh, Paro. Uh, Yaakov also is presented to Paro. And uh, when Paro asks how old he is, he says, I'm 130 years old. And Yaakov blesses Paro, the, uh, the king of Egypt. And uh, finally, Yosef settles his family in Goshen, specifically in the section called Ramses. And Yosef uh, supports his family uh, for the for the time that they are there. Of course, during the time of the famine, and also uh, subsequent uh, to that. The seventh part of the parasha tells how Yosef uh, supervises the uh, sale of food during the years of famine. Remember, he had collected the food during the years of plenty. So when they need food, uh, they come to Paro and Paro says, go to Yosef, and uh, uh, he sells them food. But when they run out of money, uh, Yosef is prepared to exchange uh, the food that the people need for livestock. And when the livestock runs out, uh, the people offer their lands and themselves as slaves in exchange for the food. Yosef purchases the land, uh, which then becomes the property of Uh, Paro. And Yosef also relocates the population so that uh, everyone will be living in the best place uh, during this time of the need to redistribute the food. Um, The lands of the Egyptian priests are unaffected but all of the other land belongs to uh, Paro, belongs to the crown. And um, finally, Yosef provides the people with a way to uh, get out of the poverty. He, uh, he provides the people with seed so that they can plant in the land because um, he has been storing not only f- food, but also the seeds. And uh, the order is that one fifth of the produce is to be given to Paro. And this becomes the law in Egypt. The very, very last part of the parasha, the eighth part of the parasha, we are told that uh, Israel, meaning Yaakov and his extended family, all seventy souls, uh, settle uh, and becomes pro- uh, become prosperous in uh, in Goshen and. Uh, uh, that essentially means that they uh, they have a holding in the land itself. Uh, there's an indication that they may have purchased land, which may be against what Yosef had planned for them. Uh, but this is the time that uh, Yaakov's extended family uh, begin to uh, to expand uh, within, uh, within the land. And that brings us to the end of uh, of this parasha, going back to the episode of the meeting between Yosef and Yaakov, uh, we are told first that Yosef harnesses his chariot and he goes towards y- Israel in Goshen. Um, Israel, that is Yaakov, and um, there is an uh, an ambiguous uh, statement. It says, "Vayera elav." meaning he appeared to him, and he fell on his neck, and he cried upon his neck, more, or a good good deal, or a good while. Uh, After this, of course, uh, Yaakov says to Yosef, now I can die, uh, because I've seen for myself that you are alive. But in the earlier uh, phrases, uh, we have a few questions. But it says he appeared to him. Who appeared to whom? Who was seen by whom? Um, he fell on his neck. Who fell on whose neck? Uh, and what is the meaning of this word "od" uh, about the about the cry? Usually, "od" means again. So we'll present two different ways of of reading uh, that part. Uh, first, will be Rashi. But uh, before this, of course, Rashi says or points out the fact that Yosef harnesses his chariot himself. He doesn't give it to anyone else uh, because he wants to show honor to his father. So he's definitely motivated by the proper motivations to uh, show proper kavod, proper honor for his father. But as for, and he appeared to him, the Rashi is of the opinion that it means Yosef appeared before his father. He, uh, let's say, he presented himself uh, before, his, uh, before his father. Uh, And then when it says he uh, cried on his neck, um, uh, od, so Rashi insists that the word od here means uh, a great deal. He cried uh, a lot. Um, And uh, Rashi assumes that since the previous phrase uh, and he appeared before him was Yosef appeared before his father. So the subject of this verb also is Yosef, that he, Yosef, cried uh, a good deal. Uh, So the emphasis seems to be, according to Rashi's reading, this is based on uh, Chazal, that uh, Yosef did all the crying, and it doesn't seem as though uh, Yaakov cried at all. Um, And that is exactly what Rashi says. Yaakov did not cry, he did not fall on his neck, Um, he didn't kiss, he didn't cry, uh, and then Rashi cites statement of Chazal that what was Yaakov doing at this uh, moment instead of crying, uh, he was reciting the Shema, uh, which might be uh, an an expression of what Yaakov actually does say in the next Pasuk, uh, where he says, uh, I I can die now. In other words, he feels that uh, death might be close. Uh, and what does a Jew do when he feels that death may be close? He recites the Shema. The Ramban uh, brings Rashi's uh, position and his interpretation. However, he disagrees. Um, he says uh, that when it says that he appeared to him, it means that Yosef appeared to Yaakov, and he explains that uh Yaakov being very old, remember he says to Paro after this that he's 130 years old, that his eyes have begun to dim with age, and it was hard for him to to see very well. So he couldn't recognize Yosef at a distance. Remember, Yosef uh, is dressed like an Egyptian, and let's not forget that even his brothers, were much younger and had good, presumably good eyesight, didn't recognize him at first. It was only when Yosef was very close to Yaakov that he appeared to him, meaning that ya- Yaakov was able to make out that this was in fact uh, Yosef. So that's what uh, he appeared to him mean. As for the crying, um, since uh, we're now saying that um, that Yosef appeared before, uh, before uh, Yaakov, uh, Uh, the Ramban assumes that uh, the crying was done specifically by Yaakov and not by Yosef. For one thing, this uh, falling on the neck and so on uh, would have been inappropriate for somebody in Yosef's uh, position. Um, A a more appropriate thing for Yosef to do would have been to bow before his father, but uh, this uh, kind of behavior falling on the neck is uh, inappropriate. Of course, Yaakov, it would be perfectly fine for him to uh, uh, to fall on his son's neck, um, and uh, the Ramban concludes with a uh, an observation: Who is more likely to be crying in this moment? The old father who had uh, despaired and even mourned over the loss of his beloved son uh, would he be more likely to to cry, or a young? Uh, man who is in his prime and who is, who is reigning. The Ramban is uh, suggesting that from uh, all the ways you look at it, it makes more sense to say that Yaakov is the one who was crying at this very, very emotional moment. And so the um, we have two very different ways of reading uh, the very same uh, pasuk, uh, and uh, I would say that that's what makes uh, learning Torah so exciting that we can read it. Uh, in different ways and get different ideas uh, from the different ways that we can read it. I thank you very much for uh, joining me in this exploration of this week's parasha, Parashat Vayigash. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parasha Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.